that was away. And then all of a sudden, it's gone, right? Like all of a sudden, she just threw away her phone. And I mean, like think about that just for a second. Like how upset would you be if that was you? If you just took something and you just threw it in the air, and then all of a sudden, you're like, that's my phone, right? Can you imagine what that would be like? Can you get that? Like, like think about that. So do this. Look to your neighbor, to your left or to your right, and tell me or tell them what it is that you've thrown away that you've later regretted throwing something away. Tell them you got about 15 seconds. All right, perfect, perfect. So tell me, um, let's walk around really quick. Does anybody have something like they threw away that was really important to them that they lost and they threw it away? All right, right back here. I'm going to go to Melana really quick and have her share with us what it is that she lost. All right, here we go. Here you go. If you'll speak into the microphone for me, tell everybody. Yeah, it's on. Go ahead. Just tell one. Just tell one. I threw away some of mine and my mom's best sewing needles. Ooh, best sewing needles. On purpose? By accident. <laughs> By accident. Okay, John, Johnny says he has one. Here you go, buddy. I threw away some food that I wanted. Or like later <laughs> <on>. <laughs> That's awesome. Do we have anybody else who wants to share? Anybody else? We got one more person? One more? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, perfect. I got one right there. Okay, I'm going to go to him. Oh, no, she does? She does? She doesn't? Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go to Haley. I like, I like it. Here you go. Haley, Julia? I threw away a W-2 before. Oh, she threw away... She threw away a W-2 form, which is a tax form for you guys who don't know what that is, okay? Um, I threw away my cornbread and then lied about it. <laughs> I don't think that's valuable at all. Just so you know. <laughs> Let's go one more. Got to be a little bit better. One time I accidentally threw away an expensive piece of my sister's diabetic equipment, and we had to fish it out of the trash. Oh, that's awful. He threw away his sister's iPad. That's absolutely awful. So, you know, I think we've all been in that stage of sometimes getting rid of something that we weren't necessarily supposed to. Just this week, like, have you guys ever lost something too and kind of done the same thing? Like, like you accidentally lost something, but it was very valuable to you. See, that's me, and I'll, you can raise your hand. I'm not going to have you share that story. Just this week, I went to Boomer, North Carolina for our staff retreat. I am literally going to die over some anti-itch cream right here. It's <laughs> sprayed all over the stage. So just this week, I went to Boomer, North Carolina. We were doing our staff retreat there, and um, we got back Wednesday. And, and, and so Thursday morning, I came into the office. I was getting ready for this lesson and getting ready to share with you guys. And all of a sudden, like, you guys ever had that moment where you think you forgot something, like, and you think it was something really big? Well, that happened to me, and yes, I was wearing pants at the time, okay, so I knew I was good there. Um, but this time, I, 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 I'm like, I just unpacked my bag, I've got my computer sitting here, I've got my papers and everything from staff retreat, I've got my book out and everything, and I can't find my iPad. And now, like, I, I, I love my iPad, right? Like, I teach from my iPad, I use my iPad for a lot of things, and I can't find my iPad at all. You ever been in that moment where you like, you can't find something, you know you had it, and like you start to panic? Yeah, that was me this Thursday morning. Okay, let me tell you how much that was me, okay? 
So Boomer's about three hours away. It was 9 a.m. in the morning. I went ahead and started doing the math. If I leave right now, I can beat a Boomer by 12 o'clock. I can be back here by 3 o'clock. I can still get my daughter from daycare. Everything will be fine, right? So I go ahead. I call Carl. Carl was the guy who got our stuff all set up and everything. He got the... um, he got the place for us to stay this weekend. And so I call Carl. He doesn't answer, but I leave a voicemail. Dude, you got to call me back right now. I need to talk to you, right? So I'm trying to figure out. I call my sister, Kathy. Kathy lives an hour away from Boomer. I was going to have her drive up there, get my iPad, hold it for me, and I'd only have to drive to her, and I could see her and have lunch with her instead, right? So she doesn't answer either. I've got these grand plans in my mind. And then all of a sudden, I look to my right, and I look at those papers that I laid down, and guess what was sitting right under those papers? My iPad was sitting right there. And I felt this sense of relief. And then Carl called me back, and I'm kind of like, do I tell him what just happened? Do I not tell him what just happened? You know, like one of those embarrassing moments. And so I'm just like, what just happened during this time? And I think we've all been in this same boat before that we felt ashamed of losing something, right? Like we've all been there before. Um, One of the things I did actually lose while I was on this retreat, and if you can't tell, I don't always keep things. That was a nice save. Did you guys see that? (laughs) <laughs> Let's put that there so I don't lose that. All right, one of the things I did lose was one of my, um, I've, got, I've got Skull Candy earbuds. You guys have those, right? You got your Apple AirPods or whatever it is. Well, I lost one of those this week. Do you know how annoying it is to only have one earbud? That's really annoying. I'm just going to put that out there. So, so far we've talked about losing a lot of things. We've talked about things that maybe are funny and sometimes we lose things that are valuable. But sometimes we really do lose things that like are sentimental to us, right? Like we, we don't want to lose something because, I don't know, like, it means something more to us. Or maybe for you, in your life, you lost something that was valuable to you. Maybe it wasn't valuable to you, but it was valuable to someone else. Right? Nathan, you know a little bit about that right now. Right? Like, you've lost something, and it kind of hurt you because you you knew that, like, you didn't want to share about this because it was kind of embarrassing. Right? So here's the thing. It's difficult to lose something that really matters to you, but it's even worse when you know or, or when you lose something that matters to you, but it's even worse when you know you lost something that, ma- that belongs to someone else. And so over the last few weeks, what we've been doing is we've been talking about what it looks like for lost and found, for us to truly look and see what God thinks about us through the, lo- the lens of Luke chapter 15. And so that's where we're going to be today. If you have scripture, I want to encourage you guys to go ahead and get your Bibles ready at Luke chapter 15. Okay, we're going to almost wrap it up today, but we'll wrap it up next week. For sure, okay? So over the past two weeks, or the past three weeks, here's what we've seen. We know this. Um, Sometimes we feel lost because we don't feel noticed or we don't feel seen. Sometimes we don't feel valued, right? And sometimes we've messed up things so bad we're not sure how to fix things. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to look at the story, and if you've been at church for a while, you've seen this story. We're going to look at this story of a guy who had everything, who then somehow lost everything, because of his own mistakes, and how sometimes we're a lot like him. So that's what I want to look at here today. Now, just for a second, I want all the high schoolers to listen to me just for a second. All right? If you're in middle school, you don't have to listen. You can plug your ears, whatever you want to do, just for the next, I don't know, minute to 30 seconds. So high schoolers in the room. Do you guys, have you ever noticed when somebody gets into a relationship with somebody else, how they kind of pull away from you? No, 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 this wouldn't be you guys, but your friends maybe, some of your friends. Have you ever noticed that, like, like let's just go with the guys, because I'm a guy, I've been a guy, right, like, I know how this goes, I don't know necessarily how it goes with the girls, but here's what I know about the guys, okay? 
Guys, when one of your boys start dating, starts dating a girl and he becomes quote-unquote whipped, right? All right? And he gets just kind of just drawn to her. What happens is you call so, such boy, hey, yo, let's go play ball. No, I can't do that today, right? I, I, I truly can't do this. Um, <laughs> Dylan, they're pointing at you hard on this one, dude. <laughs> I don't know why. That's awesome. But, but, but have you ever noticed like, like, like your boys, right, all of a sudden aren't available to hang out as much anymore? Now, ladies, have you ever noticed that when one of your girls starts dating a guy, she's not available to communicate with you nearly as much as she once was? Maybe it's because that boy's controlling. Maybe it's because she's in love and, you know, this guy, when he speaks, butterflies come out of his mouth and everything else. I, I don't really know. But, like, I was thinking back to my days of high school and I was thinking back to what this truly looked like for me. And, and I started thinking back to how sometimes what we don't do is we don't necessarily see our friendships as a valuable thing, even though they truly are. And sometimes we'll toss our friendships to the side for this new relationship, and we don't even think about what we're doing at the time. And I speak from experience on that. I can remember when I was in high school and I was dating this girl, and my guys were like, dude, let's hang out. And I'm like, nah, man, I got to talk to this girl on the phone, right? Now, back when I was in high school, you guys don't know too much about this, our phones had cords attached to them, Okay. <laughs> and so, so I couldn't necessarily pick up my cell phone and, like, call her. Instead, I had to be at the house, and I had to call her landline phone, and her dad would typically answer. And I would say, hey, is such and such there? And yes, what do you want? I just want to talk. All right? That was really awkward moments right there. But, like, like I was ditching my guys to talk to this girl on the phone, and, and I did that a lot. Looking back on it, I can see how unhealthy that was for me. Right? I can see how unhealthy that was for my friendships. And so here's my bit of advice to you middle schoolers. All right, I told you not to listen to me for a minute, but now I want you to listen. Do not date. Okay? Don't do it. All right? Ever. High schoolers, here's my advice for you. Do not date. Ever. All right? Now, I, I kid when I say that, but seriously, like, here's the deal. High schoolers, middle schoolers, college people, Married people, I'm kidding about the married people, don't date until you're ready, okay? And, and I know that sounds cliche to say that, but don't date until you've actually got some friends around you that you truly love, that you truly enjoy doing life with. And then find somebody, if you're going to date, find somebody who you don't have to change to be with, okay? Nobody should ever make you change to be with them. See, sometimes we find ourselves getting lost in another person. That shouldn't be how this whole thing works, all right? We shouldn't have to change who we are to be around other people. I want to encourage you guys, don't do that. And here's the deal. I know some of you guys can relate really well to that story. You've seen people change. Maybe you've changed. Maybe you've done something to create some distance between you and someone else that you love. Maybe for you, 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 um, you have moments of truly loving God, right? Like you really want to pursue a relationship with him. You really want to spend time with him. But then something else comes in between you and God. And it's not always a relationship. Here's the deal. Sometimes our sports, our dramas, our friends, they come in between our relationship with God. And so what does it look like? For us to fix the mistakes that we've done. See, sometimes you've made a mistake that ruined everything. Sometimes you've made mistakes that you wished you could undo. 
kind of like the trash game, right? Like you wish you could have that shot again. You wish you could take another chance. So in Luke chapter number 11, here's what we've seen so far. So far, we see that Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, right? Jesus is talking to these Pharisees, and he's talking about parables. He's giving stories, things that didn't really happen. But he's talking to these Pharisees who were the religious leaders of the time who were only concerned with the laws. They only cared about theirs. They didn't care about a relationship with God. They truly only cared about following these laws because if they followed these laws perfectly, then they would be, quote, unquote, right in God's eyes. All right? So Jesus is trying to um, just implement an important, different an important truth to every single one of these things, right? These aren't true stories. They're parables, stories Jesus made up, okay? So here's what we saw. First, Jesus told a story about a lost sheep. And he did that to show the Pharisees how God isn't angry or judgmental when we wander away. Instead, God always finds us, and he carries us back home safely and lovingly. And then two weeks ago, if you were here with us, you saw Josh talked about this. Jesus told a story about a woman with a lost coin to show the Pharisees God doesn't give up on us when we wander away. Instead, he values us and he keeps looking for us. So today, Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11, going through 19. I'm going to read it to you. It's going to be on the screen behind me if you don't have a Bible. Follow along with me. I think we're going to have a little fun with this. It says this, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son gathered together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and I will go back to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Now, how many of you guys have heard this story before? Show of hands in here. All right? That's most of the people in the room. All right? If you haven't heard it, don't worry. Here's the deal. I think that most of us in the room can relate to this son. Right? Let me show you how. All right? Things we have in common, they call this the prodigal son. Okay? The things we have in common with this guy is simply this. All right? I wrote three things down. He was impulsive. Right? He made a big decision, apparently without getting any other guidance or wisdom from other people. Now, this is going to be a little bit embarrassing, but how many of you guys would say that you're an impulsive type of person? You make decisions on the fly. You're ready to go. You're good to go with making big decisions. Yep. Some of you guys, Riley, that is absolutely true about you. I completely agree. And then some of the people in the back. Yes. All right. I'm one of those guys. Sometimes I can be very impulsive. Sometimes I just want to make a decision and it's just boom right there. I'm going to do it. Okay. Check this out though. Check this out. That's not all this guy was. Here's another way I think we're part of, we're very relatable to this guy. He's also hurtful, okay? He may not have meant it to be this way, but his actions and his words hurt his dad. By asking for his inheritance early, here's what he said. Dad, to me right now, he, he didn't say this out loud, but this is what the culture would have been. He basically said, Dad, you're worth more to me dead than alive right now. Think about that. If you said that to your dad right now, 
how would that conversation go over? <laughs> Probably not too good, right? And then he says, give me that money so that I don't have to depend on you anymore and I don't have to have a relationship here with you guys. I can take off. How would that relationship, how would that go with your dads right now? Probably not very good, right? If you told your parents that, that wouldn't be a good thing. And I don't know that he meant to be hurtful, but I think that he, here's the big one. I think that he was selfish, right? And I think a lot of us have this in common with this guy. By not stopping to reflect on how his actions might have been hurtful to his family, the son was acting very selfishly. He cared only about his money and his big adventure. He didn't care about the people who loved him. Now, the truth is, is I think that oftentimes we find ourselves in this same boat. I think oftentimes we're looking out for number one, right? We're looking out for what's best for me, what can make me happy. Now, let me pick on middle schoolers, well, middle school boys just for a second, okay? High school guys, you're probably in this too. When that new Xbox comes out or that new PlayStation, whichever console you're on, you want it, right? Like, that's the thing you want the most. And sometimes you don't care what it takes for you to get there. You don't care what your parents have to sacrifice. You just want that, right? Now, let me hop over to the ladies in the room. Ladies, if you're old enough to go to prom, oftentimes you're not thinking about the cost associated with prom, right? You're not thinking about what does that look like. And so sometimes we're a little bit selfish in our actions that we don't necessarily care about everything else. We only care about what's happening for us. How can I get what I want out of this? That was this guy. Even though he had, the sa- he had safety at home, right? He had food. He had money. He was dreaming of going to this distant land where he imagined he could do whatever it was he wanted to do. He could spend his money and he could have fun doing what it was he wanted to do. Here's the thing. He thought he could find everything that he was missing at home out there. And so that's what he did. He took off. He got his money from his dad. He said, peace, I'm out. Might have given him a little dap. Peace, I'm out of here. Walks away. And what do we see? We see that he just wasted his money in wild living, doing whatever he wanted to do, And then something crazy happened. A famine came, right? People lost their jobs. He struggled to find food. So he hires himself out to a pig farmer. He ate whatever the pigs ate. Now, here's something that you really need to know about this story, okay? Remember who Jesus was talking to? He was talking to the Pharisees. These religious people, they saw the pigs as unclean animals forbidden by God to be around, to be touched, or anything like that. In order to, fo- uh, to, to follow and be loved by God, they couldn't believe that you could eat any pork. You couldn't have pork with them. And so when this son in this story ate with the pigs, the Pharisees saw this as a sin against God. While you feel compassionate for him, right, the Pharisees would have felt disgust for him. Like, oh, he can't do that. Once again, this son never existed, but if he had, you can assume that he'd be pretty broken at this point, right? He had thrown away this good life that he had back home because he wanted to chase his selfish desires. 
And because of his own decisions, he found himself disconnected from his family and from God. And I bet he was probably filled with shame, right? He was probably scared to go back home. Think about that time where you lost something that was really important to you or really valuable to somebody else. Did you want to share that with everybody? Did you want to share that with the person who you lost it, whose it was? I'm going to say no. Luke 15, 20 through 24 says this. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe to him and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine is dead and is alive again. He was lost and he was found. So they began to celebrate. Just for a second. Can you guys imagine being welcomed home like this? After wasting all your parents' money, after disgracing your father and bringing shame on your family and everybody around you, his father still is filled with love and compassion for him. So the father runs to him, and he hugs him, and he kisses him. But think about it just for a second. What else does it say that the father gave him during this time? It says that he gave him a robe, right? Give him a robe. And he put that robe on him. He said, bring the best robe and put it on him. Right? He didn't want his son looking bad anymore. He wanted his son to know, no, 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 no. You're one of mine. Right? I'm not going to wear this. It would be a little awkward if I did. But not only did he give him a robe, what else did he offer him? He offered him new sandals. That worked really well for me, right? He got those fresh new burks. He said, here you go. Give them to him. Take care of my son. And this was the part right here that really signified everything for him. He said, bring out a ring and put it on him. Bring out a ring and say, hey, this is our family sign. This is our family signal. Put it on him. He's not a servant. No, this is my son. You see, there was a big deal going on right here. The father didn't just allow the son to move back home. No, 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 no. He didn't just allow him to come stay in his house and become a servant. No. The father, he forgave him completely. Right? He welcomed him home. This was huge. This changed everything. And so here's the deal. In our life sometimes, we mess up. In our life, in our relationship with God, Sometimes you accidentally do something that hurts God, right? That hurts your relationship with him, that you feel broken, that you feel like you've kind of walked away from God. And I don't know what that sin is in your life, and it's probably different from somebody else in here. But here's the deal. You realize that you're far away from God. You realize you've been struggling, and now you want to come back to God. And here's the first thing you start thinking. He'll never forgive me. He doesn't want anything to do with me. Man, I really blew this one this time. And just like the father in this story, God's just like, no, come back to me. 
Come back. I love you. Right? So here's the thing. Sometimes we get in our mind that God is a God who's waiting with a lightning bolt, waiting for you to mess up. Right? Come on. I dare you. Do it again. Right? We think he's going to strike us down. We think he's going to do something. No, no, no. That's not who God is. God is a God of love. God is a God of mercy, a God of compassion, a God who is patient with us. He's not an angry old man who wants to hurt you. He's a God who truly wants a relationship with you. He truly wants you to connect with him. Remember, we've talked about this a lot. God is a God who always welcomes you back. That's who Jesus is, right? That's who God is. He loves you. He welcomes you back when you've messed up, when you've made the biggest mistakes that you could possibly make. God says, no, 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 you're mine. I love you. Come back to me. That's what he wants you to know. That's how much he cares about you. You see, God is madly in love with you. Even when you've messed up, even when you've went away and you've squandered everything. No. He's waiting with a hawk. He's waiting with a robe, with sandals, with a ring, right? He's saying, you're part of the family. You don't have to earn this. There's nothing you can do to earn this. I think back to that time when I was all obsessed with that girl in high school. And the guys kept trying to tell me, hey, Mike, you're, you're being different now. Dude, you're putting way too much emphasis on this relationship. They were right. Eventually, I came to my senses and I realized, dude, I actually want to be hanging out with the guys. I don't want to be waiting by the phone to call this girl every night, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with dating, but like when that becomes your whole life, when you become obsessed, there's an issue. And so I can remember telling the guys, dudes, I'm sorry, man. My fault. And, you know, here's the thing. As guys, we're pretty quick to forgive, right? All we got to do is play hoops and we're good to go. So... I, I told the guys, yo, I'm sorry. But oftentimes, don't we treat God like that? I mean, here's the deal. When it comes to that relationship, like, don't we truly want, you've made some decision at camp this summer. You've made some decision to follow Christ, and, and you're truly trying to do good at it. But then all of a sudden, a relationship comes. All of a sudden, one of your sports starts back up. And you've got this commitment. You want to be in Scripture every single day, but all of a sudden, you're getting tired. So maybe you skip a day. Maybe that day turns into a week. And then that week turns into a month. And now all of a sudden, you're like, dude, summer's over. I'm back in school, and I'm tired already. My relationship with God isn't nearly where I thought it would be right now. I mean, I love God. But my actions say that I love something else more than I love him. So what if we chose to change that? What if we chose to come back to the love that the Father has for us? What if we chose to come into a true, passionate relationship with him right now? Here's the thing. The Father... When he saw his son, he didn't stand there and wait for his son to come back to him. He didn't stand there and wait for his son to come and apologize, to, to, to fall on his knees, to cry it out. 
No, God, that the father in this story, when he saw him, man, he just took off running. He took off running. And the first thing he did when he saw him was simply this. He just threw his arms around his son. And he kissed him. I'm not going to kiss Aaron because that would be really weird, okay? But he kissed him. And he welcomed him back to the family. And here's what I want to tell you today. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. For some of you guys, maybe you have a relationship with God and you've been struggling with it. For some of you guys, you haven't even started a relationship with God and today you need to start that. But what would it look like if we chose to truly value what we have with God? A father who truly loves you, a father who's truly for you. So today what I want to do is I just want to close out by simply having you talk with God. So I'm going to ask everybody, bow your heads, close your eyes. Take just a second here. Think about your relationship with God. Think about how you're truly doing in your personal walk with Jesus. And just talk to God for a second. For those of you in the room who've never started a relationship with God, here's the thing. God's madly in love with you. He's so in love with you that he let Jesus come to this earth and live a perfect life. And die on a cross to remove the sin from your life. Maybe it's time for you to start a relationship here today. If that's you here today, then simply just start with a simple prayer. Something like this. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I've messed up. But I believe that Jesus came and died for me. But he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave. I'm now starting a relationship with you. For some of you guys, you need to pray that prayer. For some of you guys, you need to pray a prayer of, God, I'm so sorry that, Lord, I ran away from you. I'm so sorry, Lord, that my actions have not shown that I love you. Starting today, I want to change that. I'm sorry for just throwing my relationship away with you. And for some of you guys, you need to pray for your family. You need to pray for your friends. People who are not valuing what God's got for them. So just take a second and pray for them. God, today I think many of us are in many different spots right now in this room. I think for some of us, we've started relationships with you. God, we haven't valued that relationship with you. And Father, we've thrown it to the side. And so, Father, today I just pray for the students in this room who are in that category that, Lord, they will get serious about following you, what it truly looks like to truly have a day-after-day relationship with you. I pray that, Lord, they will turn from their sin, that, Lord, they will come to you. I pray for the students in this room right now, God, who don't know you as their Savior. I pray that, Lord, you will let a conversation start with them that will point them to you. I pray that, God, they will realize they're a sinner. That, God, they've messed up. They've fallen short of your perfect work. God, point them to you. God, I pray right now for the people in this room right now who have a brother, a sister, a friend, a son, a daughter, a grandson, a granddaughter, who have ran away from you. God, they're still running. I pray that, Lord, you will do something in their lives to bring them back to you. 
But God, you will give them the sign that, Lord, the famine that you, you, you gave in this story, Lord, that you will give that so that people will return to you. God, whatever it is that, Lord, you're doing in our hearts, I pray that, Lord, you will just work. Show us our next steps so that we can follow you. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for what you're doing. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. This Wednesday night, we kick off our life groups. We'll be talking about this lesson right here on Wednesday night. So make sure you come back out. It's going to be an awesome time. We'll get everybody dismissed and in here at 7 o'clock. We'll see you guys then.